up, guys? Welcome back to Our Hearts Rendered. My name is Addison, and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Hi, friends. My name is Sophie, and I'm the other co-host of Our Hearts Surrendered. Happy New Year, everybody. Can't believe it's 2022. That's so exciting in and of itself. We hope you had a safe and happy New Year. And welcome to a new season of a faith podcast. If you didn't know, every six months, I create a new season on when I edit the podcast. It's not that big of a deal. I just thought I'd say it because <laughs> it is a big deal. <laughs> so fourth. Oh my gosh, what? Yeah. It's the fourth season? Fourth season. Can you believe it? We've re- recorded like 80 episodes. Dang, I think this is number up on our two year. I know. In six we're coming months. up as if it's not six months away. <laughs> <laughs> it's closer than it was yesterday. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, guys, so we are so happy you're here and we are kicking things off in the new year with some fun and exciting new things. Today, we're, <laughs> we're talking about the book of Matthew and we're going through the four gospels. So <laughs> you start with Matthew because Matthew is the first one in the bible in the four accounts so we thought we'd, we 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 thought we'd start at the top because we just did yep <laughs> so Matthew, Mark, just, Luke, and John that's the order yeah so this is a new series uh I think we're just gonna call it the gospels we haven't really yeah. thought about that this is a brainstorming session if you guys didn't know and I'm rambling <laughs> now so Addie yeah what is your word of the week why don't you tell them what the word of the week is yeah, that was a good transition, Sophie. Thank you. Okay, guys. So we sat down last time we recorded and we were like, we are going to do quarterly recaps. As if you've been listening, um, you would know that we've been doing weekly recaps. Every single week of the episode, we just kind of sit down, talk about our week, talk about what's going on. Um, and then we kind of did like a halfway point at around June. I honestly think we probably did it a little later than that in August or something like that. Like a summer recap, I think is what it was. And then um, I believe like last week's episode was just like a winter recap or like a year recap. I don't even remember what it was. Um, but we decided that we wanted to do quarterly recaps this year. So it's built into our schedule. We have like the next three months planned out. It's going to be great. I'm so stoked. First series is obviously this New Testament series. Um, it's just the Gospels. And then we're heading into more fun stuff and ending with our little quarterly recap because the year is split into quarters in the business world so I think we should copy that um but anyways that said we're not going to do weekly recaps anymore because it'll get really redundant um if you listen to that new episode coming out um so we're like just sitting here brainstorming like what should we do instead we used to do highs and lows we could get to know you we've done like all of the things um and I kind of wanted to run with the idea of talking about our week but like way shorter just choosing one word that encapsulates our whole week and I mean I guess it could be like a sentence <laughs> if that's fine but so we're like we should call it word of the week so that's what we're doing because it's cute and fun and um, so I think my word of the week is either I'm gonna go with either rest or trust because I'm on a trip right now and I'm um having so much fun but also speaking of the fact that I'm on a trip I'm sorry if my audio it's hot garbage. I'm literally recording on Zoom in my hotel room with my AirPods and, and just hoping for the best because I literally forgot that we had to post an episode and we hadn't recorded and I don't get home until Tuesday, which is when our episodes come out. Um, 
So apologies for that. But anyways, I'm on a trip and I just have been doing a lot of resting and a lot of trusting in the Lord because I don't do very well, like just rest normally um, without giving too much away from my quarterly recap. You know what I mean? So yeah, you gotta you gotta save something for the recap. <laughs> Guys, this is a sidetrack, but my resolution for the podcast for 2022 is to create better transitions. So you guys can all hold me accountable for that. Anyways, my word of the week would also be rest. This week, uh, I'm on vacation, on winter vacation in my home, and <laughs> I haven't really done much, and I was like man Sophie you haven't done anything this break you've just kind of been not lazy just it's been slow I thought yeah that's good because the whole first semester of senior year was wild so it was really different and kind of like a shock to wake up and not have to do anything but it was honestly kind of fun you know I I like those days and they're awesome and it really taught me a lot about we were made to work, but we were also made to take time to rest, and both are necessary. So, those are our word of the weeks. Hopefully, you like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're starting a series, like we said, where we're talking about four, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They start the New Testament, and uh, they're really crucial because they tell us the life of Jesus. That is really awesome that we have four different accounts about Jesus's life. And I think that both Addie and I, we were sitting down thinking about what we wanted to start the year. And it's really important to remember and like go back on our foundation. And I think for me, something like I have grown up reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, like the Christmas story, all of the things in, in those, but it's really cool to when you dive into it and I don't want our hearts to like grow numb to hearing the same thing because or not hearing the same thing but I don't want you to like tune out or anything because there's so much to learn and I've learned so many new things just from like preparing for this so if you feel like man I I know what this is Sophie like we I've heard this before I encourage you to tune in and learn and maybe you'll learn something new and if not still remember it's so cool that we have these and it's something not to be taken lightly that we have these gospels uh so anyways that's my little spiel so I'm doing Matthew this week and next week Addie's doing Mark so on so forth so before we get into anything I thought it would just be good to give you a little introduction to the book of Matthew so in the back of our bibles we have a little paragraph both Addie and I, that summarize each book of the Bible. And I'm just going to read the one that's in the back of mine about Matthew, and then we'll go from there. So it says, the gospel of Matthew presents Jesus as Israel's Messiah. The account alternates between Jesus's activities of healing and casting out demons and major blocks of his teaching, including the Sermon on the Mount, the parables of the kingdom, and the Olivet Discourse. The Sermon on the Mount includes the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer. The book closes with a great commission. A recurring theme is the conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders, culminating in his pronouncement of seven woes upon them. As do all four gospel accounts, Matthew focuses on Christ's three 
year ministry and his death and resurrection. Matthew probably wrote his gospel in the years 50s or 60s AD. Okay, so that's just a little summary of Matthew. Addie, what do you think of that? I think it's a great way to sum up the gospels. Um, I want to hit on what Sophie was saying. I think often as Christians, we overlook the urgency and just the beauty that's in the gospel because it's like the first thing that is taught. Like Sophie and I are going on a mission trip later this year. Um, and it's like our whole point in going is sharing the gospels. As Christian, the whole like basis of our religion is the sacrifice that Christ was like that brought us from sinners to sinners, but freed from that sin. Right. Um, and I just think that like, I literally the other day was sitting down to prepare for an interview that I had. And one of the prompts was explain the gospel. That's it. That was the entire prompt. And I was like, dang, I have no idea how to explain the gospel. Like I'm about to go on a mission trip to another country and I'm going to have to sit down and explain the gospel to some people. And it's hard because there's so much in it. And we have four separate accounts of the same exact thing. And like four different perspectives of firsthand experiences, um, with a perfect 100% man, 100% God being. And like, it's just hard to wrap your mind around. And I think that um, ultimately, like by learning and diving deeper into these and like continuously returning to the gospel is what keeps Christians um, in touch with the Lord. And I think like, especially, especially now, um, it's 2022, uh, January like 3rd, I think, or 2nd, I don't even know, January 2nd. Um, like I so often I see Christians that have strayed so far from the gospel into like prosperity gospel and just like grasping at things that are like, oh, I'm fine to sin because Jesus died for me. I proclaim him as my Lord and Savior. Like it's okay now I can sin at will. Like just things that are so far from the actual true gospel that it just like breaks my heart. And like without the continual return and like defrosting of our like knowledge of the gospel, it's so easy to lose sight of them. So that's why we're doing this series. And Sophie already explained that, but just like my thoughts on it as well. Uh, Matthew, I went through these at some point last year. I think it was like the beginning of the school year. Um, and I have a ton of notes on Matthew. Like Sophie said, I'm doing Mark. So now I have a ton of notes on Mark. And I was like learning so many new things that I had literally no idea. Like I was just, I just felt so ignorant. Like as I was learning them, I was reading commentaries on them and like doing like a deeper study. Um, but I read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in order. Um, and you can like see by the annotations in my Bible <laughs> that as I went through them in that order, I started taking less and less notes because I was like, I'm reading the same thing four times in a row and I'm tired of it. But they're all slightly different. They all like have the same message, but I love that how Matthew was written. And I think Sophie's going to mention like the audience and all the different things. Um, but I think it's a great place to start. I'm excited to hear what Sophie has to unpack about it. Yeah, definitely. I wrote this in my journal last night because I was thinking about and preparing for this. And I, I have this like little prompted journal, I guess you could call it. It's called the Kairos Journal. We've talked about it before. But um, it asked me what I was reading in the Bible. And uh, I took a note and I said, I think it's so cool how the gospels are similar yet different and those differences complement each other and they're able to reach more people. So because each gospel is written for a different audience and I think it's really cool that we can take that and like it reached more people and it each account says like like Addie was saying it shares the same story but the differences in it and how the author 
portrays it really uh, like helps and like helps each different type of person and so Matthew was more written for the Jews at the time Uh, Matthew just a little background on him he was a tax collector and he also went by the name Levi and he was so he was a tax collector so he was an official for the Roman government and being a tax collector it wasn't a really fun job because uh no one really liked you (laughs) because you were collecting taxes from people and a lot of the times they would take more money than they than people owed and then they would pocket the difference so um Matthew was kind of like an outcast in society and I listened to this sermon series um right before Christmas it was at um this thing called the porch in Dallas you I don't know if you heard about that it's pretty popular but they did a whole series called scandals um and it was about the stories that led to a savior and they went through Matthew 1 in the lineage and it was really interesting to me and I think a lot of the times we skip over the lineage that's in Matthew 1 but it's there on purpose because it's Jesus's lineage and so cool how you can look back at the old testament and all these stories and all these names and they're all pointing to the savior and so that's a little side story but Matthew 1 is super important because it outlines the lineage of Jesus. Um, and then moving on, in the book of Matthew, there's also the Sermon on the Mount, which is really, really cool. I encourage you to go read that. I encourage you to read all of Matthew. That part is super cool. Okay, so okay, so let me go back to this. I said that uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew was written for the Jews. So it was written for them. So he spends a lot of time focusing on Old Testament prophecies and Old Testament um, promises and how Jesus fulfills those uh, because uh, the people reading that would be aware and they would have heard those prophecies time and time again. And so it would like, it was written to prove that Jesus fulfilled those, which is really cool. And I think it's um, really interesting. This was a quote that I found that I thought was really interesting. It says, Jesus is the culmination of promises delivered by the prophets over a thousand years. Therefore, God's redemptive plan is alive and well. So I think it's really cool that um, Matthew uses all of the prophecies in the Old Testament to show that Jesus does qualify as the Messiah. Like for Matthew, for his audience, he was kind of approaching it in maybe a logical way, like, look, here's the proof like, here you go. (laughs) Jesus is king. And I think that's so cool for the person. Like, I know that I felt this way before who doubted, like, did Jesus really fulfill all those prophecies? And Matthew can remind us, yes, he did look. (laughs) And it's just this beautiful reminder throughout the whole book. So that's really cool. And in the book of Matthew, the phrase son of David occurs nine times, which is really interesting because this further emphasizes that as the son of David, Jesus is qualified to be Israel's king. And it's just a reminder of the lineage and something that everyone in that religion would have known that if you say you're this, like from the lineage of David, like that gives you like, that's the lineage that's, um, was prophesied to be the Messiah's lineage. So that's super cool. And yeah, let's just take a pause there. Addie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I like, oh gosh, the wording of Bible, like any passage in the Bible just like blows my mind because it's also intentional. 
um and i mean the bible is like the spoken word of god so why do i doubt it like why do i think it would be anything else i don't know um but even just like that last thing that you said um that it says like the son of david multiple times and that essentially qualifies him to be king and that people would just know that that's the lineage of christ um based off of the old testament just kind of like shocks me i know that um i don't know that it's in another gospel i can't remember we looked at it during church one time uh, and it was comparing the lineage of Christ in two different places of the Bible. One of them was this and it's like the father's side and the other side was Mary's side and how they like come together just to like be perfect. And the fact that it fulfills every single portion of prophesied text in the past. Um, but Matthew is full, full, full of um, like intentionality and just, for um, I was reading commentary about Mark specifically um, and like the audience that that was written for and we'll talk about it next week but it said that um, Mark is written for a strong man and Matthew was written for the religious which is like what Sophie was saying it was written for that Jewish audience um, and it, I mean it depends on like who you think which gospel was written first some people think that Mark was written first some people think that Matthew was written first generally um, around that time there was a lot a lot of hurt and um, like Rome burned around 64 AD um, and then Jerusalem attacked Rome like they had like a big battle moment and then Jerusalem ultimately was conquered by Rome again and um, all around the time that this was being um, written and I just think that like there's a lot of hope in this gospel and it's like there's so much um, hurt going on in the context um, that anybody who is religious and like knows the old text like the first five books of the old testament Genesis, exodus leviticus like all of those um those were the jewish like um what's the word meditated on they knew them like front to back by heart um, and they would just know that this fulfills it which i just think is it's just like it's just insane to me i mean it's literally just insane um yeah how he was so intentional in that yeah something else about that is um everyone in the in the jewish society expected um whoever like who when the messiah came that they would be delivered from roman oppression and i think it's really cool that we're reminded in matthew that jesus comes for something even greater than than that he came to deliver us from sin's oppression and so that's not what they expected and i think it's really cool to like think about the time that this was written because a few years like what Addie was saying a few years later after this was written the temple um in Jerusalem burned in or it was like destroyed in eighty seventy, and so it's really cool to see like even though they didn't get delivered from oppression like in a worldly sense like oh what how much gain did they get you know through Jesus yeah absolutely yeah it's cool because it's like they expected a pre like oppression to mean like worldly like oh I'm in chains I'm like slave to this it's like we are ultimately like such slaves to sin that they're I mean literally saved from oppression but in a whole different sense like a way bigger more long-standing sense and that's the beauty of the gospel is like ultimately what it is is a huge love story of a father sending his son son living perfectly sharing all these things doing all these miracles um 
and then dying a horrible death on a cross for people who were persecuting him just so that they could be saved and ultimately live and rejoice with him in heaven eventually. Um, and that cross is the only reason that we're like not no longer slaves to sin. Uh, it's just like we often so, so quickly overlook that. Um, and it's like easy to fall into like self-pity of like, oh, well, I can't God just take me out of the situation why can't I just be safe from this like set me free from this when it's like he set us free from so much so much pain and so much hurt like already you know what I mean yeah yeah all right I'm gonna read the passage when Matthew is called by Jesus to become a disciple because I think it's really interesting so it's Matthew 9 9 and it says as Jesus passed on from there he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth and he said to him follow me and he rose and followed him and as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And that like blows my mind. I think that is so cool and so beautiful and this quote that I found I thought was really impactful it says by calling Matthew Jesus was proclaiming that no one would be excluded from his from his movement or you could say from his um, ministry not even those society considered irredeemable I think it's really cool that Matthew was included in um, this work in this ministry and I think it shows you that Jesus didn't pick the people that everyone would have thought to be his disciples and something else a really popular verse in Matthew because it's amazing and super super powerful and it's our mission on earth is Matthew 28 19 19 through 20 which says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I think that verse is really cool. And it, it's the end of Matthew. I think it's really cool that that's how the book of Matthew has ended. The fact that we're, we got to learn all about Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry and who we called to um, be a disciple and his death and his resurrection. And then we were ended with a charge to go and make disciples. I think that's a really impactful way to end Matthew. And I, that verse every time I hear it, I'm like, man, that's it. <laughs> like, that's the calling on our lives. I think it's really cool just the way that that was set up. And I think that was intentional. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, ah, the Great Commission is just, you know, it's called the Great Commission because it is great. That is the fact. Um, I think that like, it's so easy to get caught up in our daily lives. And we just, forget that the the only truly fulfilling thing will be fulfilling the great commission and there's so much work to do and we forget the urgency of the gospel i just am like repeating the same things i've already said throughout this episode um but matthew is full of incredible incredible stories um like i just i remember reading this and i am just like underlining every other verse like just i have a million notes um Matthew 23, 25. This is one verse that I love. Wait, I think it's 25. Oh, it says uh, seven words to describe it in Pharisees. Uh, Sophie mentioned it earlier. 
basically this verse is saying for you clean the outside of your cup and the plate that the inside are full of greed and self-indulgence you blind pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and the plate that you may also but that the outside also may be clean um this is like my favorite part of matthew there are so many like incredible things um and just like notes and all these things but this is my the most like literally genuinely the most convicting passage I have ever read was that verse because um so often it's like okay I mean this is literally like the perfect analogy and the fact that Matthew wrote it in like 60 AD is just insane um like guys when you're if you're hand washing dishes and you're trying to clean a bowl of chili or something and you like throw the chili out or whatever and then you're washing it. You have to wash the inside before you wash the outside because if you just wash the outside first, it's just going to get the inside dirty. Or it's like, it's just not going to be clean because why Why would you wash the outside and not the inside? It just doesn't make sense. Like you have to wash the inside first and then the outside can be cleaned after. Um, and it's just like, how often do I just wash the outside of my dish? How often do I make sure that there's no like obvious, clear, seeable sin from the outside? Spending like all of my energy cleaning the outside and leaving the inside untouched. Like you won't catch me gossiping or resenting others in person, but if you've heard like my thoughts and my attitude towards them when I'm alone or like when I feel safe from judgment, when I'm like with my close friends, I'm like, they're not going to judge me. Like the sin, the root of the dirtiness inside me is still there. But at least like the outside's clean, right? Like that's so, like that's such a backwards mindset. No one wants to drink from a dirty cup that just looks clean. Like the gospel is about inward transformation, not outside invitation. Like the entire gospel is trying to get you cleansed from sin. And yes, like you will still fall into sin and God's like, and Jesus knows that. Like that is just like, it's not an expectation for you to be perfect after you accepted Christ, but it is an expectation for you to go through sanctification. And that's something we can talk about at a later date. Um, but yeah, I think that's like, honestly, one of my favorite verses of all time because it's just like so humbling of just like, dang like you're right I am literally God is not in the business of outward imitation he's in the business of inward transformation um and just ultimately I think a lot of Matthew is like we don't want to be comfortable Christians like the faith is not easy and it's challenging but so it's growing we yeah I mean we're called to work throughout Matthew we're like that even the great commission is just like our calling to work we should work until Jesus comes the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few um, we should strive to reach as many people as possible. Um, Matthew 24, 30 says, then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and the tribes of the earth will mourn, but they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Like there will be, there really will be hard times where we are in anguish and we are like in pain. But like, as soon as we see the sun coming and power and glory, like that is just such an exciting thing. Um, it goes on later on to say it like continues through a couple of lessons it's about like verse uh, verse 30 and then verse 44 says therefore you must also be ready for the man the son of man is coming at an hour you don't do not expect um like god is coming back again jesus is coming back for a second revival and um, and like how embarrassing obviously he knows what's happening on earth like i like to think about it like if my boss leaves me and they're like, hey, clean this entire room. And I've only cleaned the chair since they left and they come back. And I'm like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I've only cleaned like a portion of what you told me to. 
like you know how embarrassing that is oh gosh even when like you should have done way more how you feel about the gospel <laughs> it's just like how embarrassing that we don't share something that is so impactful like that genuinely just embarrasses me that like what I'm scared somebody's gonna say no gross that's embarrassing like you should not be scared of somebody saying no when it's the life at hand you know what I mean but those are all my thoughts on Matthew make sure you read through it and Mark is next yeah get ready for Mark yeah guys so that wraps up Matthew we hope you guys learned something new and we hope you're encouraged go read Matthew go learn some more for yourself um we also encourage you to like think about what we said and like dive into it for yourself you know like we're not perfect and we encourage you um like we we did research and we did work hard but we encourage you not to like we encourage you to think critically I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. say that (laughs) because we are sinners too and we strive to do things that are pleasing to the Lord but I just want to say that and also we also want to just let you guys know and preface this that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John don't have confirmed authors. They're not confirmed, but it's speculated. And um, there's evidence to believe that the book of Matthew was written by Matthew. And the book of Mark, we'll learn next week, was written by a guy. I'm pretty sure his name is John Mark. Is that right? Yep, John Mark. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so we just want to preface that. And with that, we'll pray and then we will be on our way. We hope you guys have a great week. So let's pray with me. (laughs) Dear Lord, thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to sit down and talk about Matthew. And I thank you that you have given us the gospels to learn about you and your life. And I thank you that we can take them and we can share them with others. I pray for the listeners that uh, they had learned something and they can take that knowledge and share it with others. I pray that you would encourage us all uh, to fulfill the Great Commission every day. I thank you for today and the breath in our lungs you've given us. I pray for Addie and I that what we said is pleasing to you and glorifies you. And if not, it falls on deaf ears. Thank you for today. Thank you for salvation and for eternal life. Uh, We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. We are so stoked for another year of Our Hearts Surrendered. Um, literally 2021 would have been insane and not the same without this podcast. And without you guys, this podcast would probably not be a thing. Um, I am praying over the year that we have and just all the words that we said are obviously from the Lord and all glory goes to him. We love you guys. If you want to leave a rating and review, you're welcome to on whatever platform. Apple has it. Spotify now has it. It's a new feature. Let's go. Um, there's a tutorial on how to review us on Spotify because it's like a little bit out of the way. It's on our story, um, like on our highlights. Check it out if you want to. And I think that's about it. Oh, that's on our Instagram at a faith podcast on Instagram. You can email us at ourheartsurrender.gmail.com. And I think that's about it. Happy New Year's. And let's try to live in wholehearted surrender this week. <laughs>